Hi, welcome to Astrobabble. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology. And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology. And today we are going to be talking about the full moon in Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring the chart up. And I'll talk about the moon mansions. Uh, the moon mansion for this uh, fortnight is going to be on, under the 20th moon mansion called, I'm going to eat, I'm not familiar with um, how to say it, but Al-Nam, A-L-N-A-A-M. There's a hyphen in the middle. And it's called the bean. Um, it is the nature of Mars and the moon. So um, lots of emotional things going on. But what I like about it, it's good for taming animals. It's good for hunting, um, finding lost things. As long as you are lo actively looking, you must Kind of, you must be looking for them. It's good for incarcerating captives as well. It's good for marriage, but it does have unruly emotions. So you have a hard time keeping your own emotions in check. So uh, keep an eye on that. But otherwise, it's really good. I mean, with your pets and finding lost objects. Yeah. If you ha are searching for something, this would be a good time to do it. Very nice. So full moons are all about culminations, endings, or uh, like a harvest. This full moon, it's in Sagittarius. So Jupiter is its ruler. It's just unfortunate that Jupiter is in a sign that can't see the full moon. So it kind of can't really assist it, which is a shame. Venus, the other benefic, can't see it as well. It's also an aversion in Cancer. That's not ideal to not have the benefics able to see the, the full moon. Yeah, and, and its ruler as well, which happens to be a benefic. Yeah, it's a shame. I definitely agree. Yeah, Saturn is squaring it, and uh, Mars, the other malefic, is trining it. So a little uneasy. Hmm, just wondering, maybe, yeah, maybe there'll be a bit of haste or rushing concerning this uh, full moon and the uh, events or significations it brings and maybe just being tripped up by Saturn with those limitations. Anyway, shall we have a look and uh, see what we think about the horoscopes for this lunation? That sounds great. If you are a Sagittarius rising, this is going to be happening in your first house. And this is where things are culminating with things that you're changing or acquiring for just yourself, because the first house is all about yourself. So if you've taken um, a, a class or you might be finishing it, if this is a good time also to finally get in and get that haircut that you've been wanting to get. It's the thing that you've started at working towards to do for yourself that are finally going to uh, realize. Hmm. Very good. And if you are a Scorpio ascendant, this full moon is happening in your second house. The second house is our income, finances, possessions, and resources. So there might be a high point or an ending to do with one of these matters maybe there's been a source of income that comes to an end at this time or maybe you've been working towards gaining another uh, source of income or a possession or some type of resource maybe this is a time when what you've been working towards comes to some sort of fruition so matters to do with personal finances income 
resources, some sort of high point or focus on there. And if you are a Libra rising, this is going to be happening in your third house. This is the house of either younger education, could be short travel. It could as well have to do with your brothers and sisters or um, aunts and uncles, but your, your, your family. I was just noticing that there is like, none of the planets have a lot of essential dignity. The most essential dignity is the moon and uh, Saturn at one. So this is not a lot of strong energy here, but it is kind of mediocre. But anyways, getting back to the third house, um, if you are a Libra rising, it, this is going to be culminating. Uh, could be your your kids in school when they're wrapping up the summer um, or trying to get up this get wrap up the school year for the summer. Uh, they could be having uh, shows and you know what what kind of talent shows and stuff like that that they have or, or singing choir or you know some kind of pageantry that might be going on at the schools. Yeah, this would be a good time for that as well as as well as. Um, anything that of short travel so if you've got um maybe your car maybe you have a car that you want you're wanting to buy if you are a libra rising it might be finally in the shop or ready to be taken possession of yeah i was just thinking uh moon in the third it's in its joy there so this might be quite beneficial like you know you would hope it was beneficial in general anyway but yeah the moon does have her joy in the third and for Libra Risings, Sagittarius is the third house. So yeah. And if you are a Virgo ascendant, this full moon is happening in your fourth house. The fourth house is our parents, family in general. It's also our home, our living circumstances and real estate matters. Also heritage, homeland, that sort of thing too. It's a very uh, private part of our chart, even though it's angular. So there could be something coming to some sort of culmination or high point. It may not concern you at all. It could be your parents that are kind of coming to some sort of high point or, you know, some sort of kind of summit that they've been trying to reach. Maybe that's all to do with them. Or it could be to do with your home, your living situation. Yeah, you know, maybe you're finally moving into that house or you just signed the lease or, you know, you put in a bid on a property and it comes, you know, through at this time. And if you are a Leo rising, this is going to happen in your fifth house. This is the fifth house is the house of creativity. It's also the house of children. So um, things will be coming together of what you've been working on. Whatever you started at the new moon um, should be coming together right about now with the... Uh, with the full moon in your fifth house, if you are a Leo rising. So that's, you know, if you started an art project, if you have uh, started a hobby, if you are like a bowling league or something like that, that would be, that would fit in this. So this would be where those things are finally, uh, after you've been working since the new moon to get going, this is when you're going to see or start seeing the benefits of, of that work. Mm -hmm. And that would be the new moon in Sagittarius, which would have been what, about December? Yep. Late September November, or early yeah. December. Yeah. Late November. Yeah. So about six months prior. And if you are a Cancer Ascendant, this full moon is happening in your sixth house. The sixth house is one of the more problematic houses. It does it is associated with illness. It's also pets, employees, 
can also be those that work for you or with you. Also the house of service. So this relates to people that like emergency service people or in professions such as doctors, nurses, policemen, fire people, all that sort of thing. This could be something like uh, a graduation ceremony. This could be reaching a high point. Maybe you've been accepted into the academy. Maybe, you know, you've just gone through some test and passed it. Or, you know, it could be something to do with a health matter. Hopefully, it would be nice if it was an end or a completion of um, an illness, but maybe for some that have been dealing with those sorts of things, it may be a time when the treatment comes to an end and hopefully, you know, resolves successfully. But yeah, high points, culminations or endings to do with those topics. And if you are Gemini rising, this is going to be happening in your seventh house. The seventh house is the house of the other, the house where you have the committed relationships, whether and not necessarily a significant uh, romantic relationship. It can also well be partners and business things, uh, doctors, lawyers. Uh, if you have a relationship where they have to meet you or or you have set some time that they are specifically meeting with you, that is where that's the relationship where this house falls. So um, could I even, did I say doctors? Yeah, because if you set up an appointment, this is this is where that seventh house falls. So things will be coming to fruition when these when it comes into this house. And if you are a Taurus ascendant, this full moon is happening in your eighth house. The eighth house is another problematic house. It's associated with mortality. There's a lot of planets in that house, and I wouldn't be surprised if things weren't a bit shocking. In the first, yeah. With Uranus right there. Yeah. Uranus, yeah. Uranus and Mercury. So mm -hmm. those, those are just extra energies in there. Yeah. The eighth house is other people's money, shared finances, shared resources. It can be the partner's money and resources. So there could be a high point or culmination to do with those matters. It could be your partner's coming to some money, whether that's through bonus at work or something similar. This is also the house to do with uh, inheritance. It is also loans, debts, taxes. So a high point culmination or ending to do with these matters. As Donna said, it may be something a little bit surprising. You do have Mercury and Uranus very close together in the first house. This could be a loans approved. You find out that you know, that will that you've been kind of battling with someone perhaps, you know, comes to some sort of completion or, you know, it could be that you've had this um, large debt that you've been um, working away at and finally it's paid off sort of thing. So high points, culminations or endings to do with shared finances and resources, other people's money. Very nice. And if you are an Aries rising, this is going to be happening in the uh, ninth house, which is the house of publishing as well as uh, foreign travel, foreigner, anything to do with foreigners. If you, um, you know, if you belong to a group where you entertain people from out of the country, this would be uh, under this 
of rule. It's also the legal um, system as well as esoteric subjects. So anything that you had started uh, six months ago at the uh, new moon in Sagittarius, this is when it, it should all be coming together for you for um, for this full moon. Very nice. If you are an Aries rising. If you are a Pisces rising, this full moon is happening in your 10th house. This is a very, very public, visible house. And during the full moon, we've got full light. So 10th house is what you're known for. It's public reputation and often career. So there's often with full moons, it's a completion, high point or an ending. So there could be something happening regarding work. Maybe you've been working on a large project and that's wrapped up at this time. It's also the house of honours and rewards. So maybe you're recognised for something at this time. Uh, also, unfortunately, the house of um, infamy. So, you know, if you've been misbehaving, uh, you could be caught out at this time quite publicly. But hopefully for most people, it wouldn't have anything to do with that. As I said, it's a very, very visible house. At the full moon, we've got the moon with a maximum amount of light. So you're getting a lot of attention at this time, hopefully for very good reasons. But, you know, there is that caution. If you're doing something that you possibly shouldn't be doing, this could be a time where you're kind of exposed. Very nice. <laughs> Take that warning if you are a Pisces rising. And if you're an Aquarius rising, um, you might be going through a bit of a change in your life. <laughs> Chances are you are with uh, Pluto um, hovering right there. Uh, but this is the full moon is going to be taking place in your in the house uh, in the 11th house of hopes and dreams, as well as friends, groups and acquaintances. So I would expect that you could possibly find some transformation happening, maybe possibly with your groups and friends and uh, the people that support you. That's from the 11th house. That's where you're going to get this energy from. And if you are a Capricorn rising, this full moon is happening in your 12th house. The 12th house is associated with our undoing. It's things like addiction, self-defeating habits, escapism, uh, places of confinement such as prisons or hospitals. And it is also rest, rest and retreat, exile. So there may be endings, culminations, or uh, high points to do with these matters. So hidden illnesses, things like anxiety or mental health issues would also be in this 12th house as opposed to your more physical, more easily identifiable illnesses. Uh, which would be sixth house. You may be, if you've been battling addiction or wanting to overcome a bad habit, this could be a time where, you know, maybe you reach that 28 days or whatever is considered a significant milestone for recovery. It may be you know, if you've been attending, you know, having to go to hospital or been in hospital for a certain amount of time regarding illness, this may be a time when you're actually released. You know, high points, culminations, endings. 
this could be that you've been working behind the scenes just looking at Jupiter in the fifth you know for some it may have been matters to do with creativity maybe you've locked yourself away to work on some project and this is a time when you come away come back into uh you know the light again <laughs> sounds a bit weird doesn't it full moon high points you know I'm a Capricorn ascendant I kind of can't relate to any of that but yeah you could also just go way overboard and <laughs> overindulge I think we've got a a Venus Jupiter Jupiter coming up which I always think of the hangover <laughs> um, so I we'll was see. I was looking at that myself <laughs> so yeah you know I'm like so, oh that might this could be a rough one for some people mm, yeah this could be overcoming something or it could be just like yeah you really went hard <laughs> you know what they say go hard or go home yeah maybe <laughs> maybe you just go really hard <laughs> Mm. Mm. which doesn't something definitely to watch out for mm. yeah well the 12th house is always a little bit challenging but you know it depends on a lot of factors in your chart so but generally speaking yeah you know maybe you're maybe you're getting ready to make a splash at the um full moon in must be next month the full moon in Capricorn maybe you've been working hard nice we'll see well we all have free choice we do donna i believe you have a stone for us i do and because it's sagittarius i picked out this stone i know that since covid a lot of people that i have talked to are having a hard time getting out of their house getting back into uh the social uh, life going out and meeting other people just just getting out just walking out the door is, is sometimes hard for some people and this stone it is called danborite uh, and you can see that facet it, it's it's very much like a chisel kind of an angle yeah um I did a I did a blog post on my website a long time ago about the angles on how important they are to uh, on how important they are. They are they are important with stones. They are important with astrology, and because of the angle that this this has this facet is is a very flat one, and it's that is the growth pattern to uh, Danbright. That is how it grows. Um, this also has another one. <laughs> There's my stickers. I have them all over because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to undo the. Um, I don't want to take them off because I want to know that these stones are. Because when you have like, I don't know, twelve clear stones, you're going to need some kind of a system. So I just leave the tags on. But they have that chisel kind of flat edge that um, is indicative of them. And this stone is has an orthorhombic and prismic prismatic uh, crystal system and I have I have littler ones and um it is of the element of the wind it can be wine yellow color so it's a, like a pale yellow color it can also be a pale pink color clear to white as these as these are sorry anyway anyway um they have a striation you can tell that they're uh, unlike quartz which has the striations that go 
uh, horizontal to them. These are um, these go right with almost parallel to how how it grows because it you know this if this is the matrix I have one that has it can show the matrix. Um, yeah, this one. See where the matrix is, is the matrix is right there, so it grows up like this. Okay, that's oh. how it grows. Um, it is with the wind element. It's also um, the ortho. It's the the prismatic. It's ortho orthorhombic and prismatic crystal systems. And this is how you can tell what stones are what. You know, if you like, if you don't keep them marked, this is how you can tell. Um, with these little uh, striations. Anyways, it is was originally found um, back in the day in um, in Danbury, Connecticut. That's where it was first found. It has since been uh, found in Mexico has the largest mine. Russia, Madagascar, Bolivia, Burma, and Japan all have uh, ha have found this stone in in their in their ground. It has a high frequency uh, for for light energy. It also is a good stone to use for it it works with the heart on the heart uh, chakra. but it also goes from um, the seventh the seventh all the way up because there's there's many more up there beyond the the seven that we normally, you associate with chakras there are there are many more that go way up there um and uh let's see it it can easily um it it helps with communication with the the higher the divine so if you're looking for divine intervention this is also good for protection it's good for grief fear anxiety um, resentment and anger. So if you have any of those, what I think I'm going to do is uh, work on putting a grid together and I'll do this grid. And if you can just sit with it for a few minutes, it may help you if you're having trouble getting out of the house. If you are, if you are one of those people that since COVID, you're like, yeah, I don't really feel like it. Try looking at the grid and it might, it might, I can't do any guarantees. It very well might um, ease that anxiety that you might get if you are leaving your house for uh, a period of time. If you have been having trouble. So, and it's called Danburite and it's from Danburite, Connecticut. So that is, that is the stone. And I thought it was for Sagittarius because Sagittarius is known for traveling. So this is a yeah. great traveling stone. <laughs> so I picked it. I was just thinking when you were talking about that, like I was having trouble with uh, Capricorn Ascendants with the full moon in the 12th house and um, what they might actually be overcoming. And actually, that really fits in well if they're having trouble leaving the house. I mean, they've been in that 12th. Well, they haven't been, but um, for this full moon, it is in the 12th house. And you mentioned anxiety, which is also something that's very 12th house matter. So maybe particularly for Capricorn Ascendants, if that is something that you're um, uh, dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Challenged by, you know, it might be helpful. Yeah, hmm. it's called Danburite. It's a great stone. It's It's one of my... It, it I pretty much carry this in my kit uh, when I do layouts. It's mm -hmm. it's stone that a lot of people a lot of people just need it just to 
just to, you know, step out and get out there. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And it's, it's hard. It's got like a Mohs hardness of seven to 7.5. So it's even harder than uh, quartz crystal. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Wouldn't necessarily use it for jewelry, but it could be. I mean, it's pretty. But I'm not so sure it's, I'm not so sure somebody would want to, you know, wear like a hunk of that. It just looks like a piece of ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if it was polished and that could be nice ring or something or earrings. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. And it comes from yellow to pale pink to oh, colorless and nice. white. So yeah. Very nice. And I will have an article on here and I will definitely do a grid. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds good. And if it works and helps you, um, please comment because Yeah, that would be great. A lot of people don't realize or understand um the impact stones and crystals can have on their health, their well-being, their mental focus, their mental well-being, their, you know, just all in touch with all that stuff. And, and it's, if I get the word out there that these stones really are working well, it would, it would, I think a lot of people that would otherwise not even think about, you know, picking up a rock and working with it, uh, actually might. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking I had some rose quartz out. I had them here and then I put them outside and then the eclipse was coming up and then I was just sitting out there and I said, oh my God, I better get them inside. <laughs> but now I lost one. So yeah, I better find it again. <laughs> yes. Well, this would be a good moon mansion to find it. Ah, very good. Very good. Yes. A couple go. other things I'd <laughs> like to find too. I'll have to put my... By searching into action. So when is this? This isn't for a while because we're doing this early. When is it? The fifth? Um, yeah, the Moon Mansion is, uh, yeah, we're, it's all going to start on the 3rd of June. And right now it's the 25th of June, 24th. 24th for me, but 25th for you. Yes, 25th. Yeah, 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 it's just gone over into the 25th here. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So after June, start looking for your stuff. Yeah. Yes. I'll be very pleased if I find my stuff. Anyway. Oh, and how did you go with all that Mars, Pluto, Jupiter stuff? Um, <laughs> they're pretty much okay. Um, I felt a lot of things going on around me. I, we, yeah, we, 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 Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, uh, we painted uh, a boat. <laughs> so that was okay. big, transformative. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 if you work with the energies, note they're coming, you can try to, all right, what are we going to transform with this? <laughs> I got very domestic. You certainly, don't, you certainly don't want to be caught surprised by a big transformation yeah if you're planning for that big transformation you're, it's all good yeah I, I cleaned and tidied and did a lot of that stuff it was very weird I thought to myself is the moon in Virgo what's happening to me <laughs> but it wasn't <laughs> but it was good because that yeah. was I didn't have anything but yeah a lot of people around me 
I do frequently, uh, you know, go through something in, in life and go, I wonder what, what planets are, you know, Oh, aspecting yeah. out there. And sure enough, you can find it. If it's not a planet that's aspecting by itself, it's aspecting and hitting your chart. So yeah, yeah. You, you can always find it. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, shall we have a look at the upcoming aspects? Sounds great. Just let me. There's uh... a lot of them. It's this is not going to be a sleepy month like it's been uh, lately. Yeah, a lot of changes. So the first Okay. one is going to be Mercury conjunct Uranus, which I always think is quite fun. Oh, in Taurus. So, hmm, Taurus isn't particularly quick sign for Mercury to be in, but uh, yeah. Mercury and uh, Uranus, inventive thinking, unusual thinking. Hmm, just aha moments. It's also good for um, increased mental capacity. It's as well good for um, if people suffer with monkey brain, this is this is probably going to hit because it's it's just a lot of a lot of chatter. It's ch -ch 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 -ch. <laughs> you got Jupiter in the same sign, so yeah. Um, what do you mean by monkey brain? Just like easily distracted, or have you ever like woken up? in like the middle of the night and you're like okay and i need to buy bread and i need to dust this and i need to get that for this and you know and you just you just like kind of it's that it's that inside chatter for oh, you yeah. know in your brain that's what i call monkey brain <laughs> it's like in there it's just constant and so that's that's if if you are suffering from that um i would go with celeste i would use celestite that might help you calm it down a bit yeah i think this would I think, um, I, the blue stones. I think they would almost exacerbate that at the moment though wouldn't it the yeah three uranus yeah yeah it, it is yeah it will it will <laughs> mm, mm. yeah that's what i'm thinking <laughs> can be mentally exhausting I, I know that um, when I have days where Mercury's being just ricocheted all over the place, it's like, you know, I'm driving here, driving there, people are contacting me, people are ringing me, we're texting, this, that, that. And sometimes I'll just come home and just go, just leave me alone. Nobody talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't think about me. I don't want to hear anything. Just, just leave me alone for, you know, at least an hour or so. And, and for some people, this will be very much like that. I think it's, it can be very jangled nerves. I mean, it is in Taurus, which is not an overly quick moving sign. It is more, and particularly Mercury in Taurus, I think of, this isn't the quick uptake. This is, okay, we're going to take longer to learn this and absorb this and understand this. But once we know it, we know it. I think this could be quite uncomfortable for some people, but Generally speaking, I kind of like this, you know, trying to think if we've got anything interfering with it. Not really. But yeah, that, that Jupiter in there as well, very close to the North Node. Still a lot going on in Taurus. There is. There is. There but whatever is. you do learn, it will stay with you, as Linda said. <laughs> as long as you're not too exhausted to realize what's happening. <laughs> Oh my. Maybe we'll just learn what exhaustion feels like. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. that won't stay with you. And then we have Venus then, moving into Leo. Venus in Leo. 
it's it's a, I it's it's you want to do and you want to shine with your friends. You want to or or a or a beautification project, maybe an art project, a painting. Um, but this is it's it's socially wanting to shine. So however that resonates with you and however you want to address that. But that's the energy of this. It's you know just wanting to shine. But it's it's running right into Mars. So yeah, that might bring it down a little bit. Yeah. Mind you, Venus and Mars, they are a pair, you know, it's kind of sexy. We've just had Venus prior to this in kind of homey cancer. It's like, you know, we had it in Gemini prior to that, which is very flirty. Then it was kind of like the stay at home snuggle type. And now it's kind of like, you know, here I am, I'm back, <laughs> you know, uh, wanting attention it can be quite dramatic. So, yeah. It's um, it's a fun position wherever Leo is in your chart because Venus is one of the benefics. It does tend to bring good things. So, you know, we're not talking huge windfalls or anything, but, you know, you could expect nice things to do with the topics of uh, wherever Leo is in your chart. There may be some benefit there or, you know, gift or kind of just ease of being or kind of social contacts with people or topics associated with that house maybe just more harmonious this is also the sign where um venus is going to go retrograde later this ah, year good point so, yes um june 5th it goes in to leo mm. um i have that it goes into its retrograde shadow period on june 19th it'll also and then it'll it'll officially go retrograde july 22nd Mm -hmm. and then get out of the retrograde period about September 3rd. Yep. And it will finally end the shadow period of getting out of ret the retrograde thing um, October 7th. So this is going to be a long, a long time in Leo. It's it's from basically till now when it goes in June 5th and it won't. When does, Leo, when does Venus get out of Leo? I'm not sure. Eight, eight of I don't October. have that. 8th of October I've got written here so we've got um Venus in Leo for like four months because uh, it must yeah. retrograde at quite a late degree actually let's see yeah yeah it's going to get to 28 Leo before it uh, retrogrades so it gets almost all the way study. through and then it retrogrades Mars did the same thing in Gemini. It went mm. all the way almost to the end and then it retrograded and just stayed in one sign. And that is really weird because a lot of times they like move over signs, yeah. you know, like Pluto is, you know, going between two signs. This is, is, is going to concentrate on just one house of yours, wherever your Leo house is, it's just going to be right there. Just like Gemini or just like Mars was with Gemini. So mm. it's mm. going to stay in Leo. So um get comfortable with it at least it's a at least it's a benefic planet so that's nice yeah but i mean when it is retrograde you know we will be reevaluating matters to do with uh, relationships but also our values what we think about art beauty all those sorts of things starting from the shadow period which isn't in this one when is the next when's the next new moon it must be about the 17th or something so must be just after the next new moon that uh, retrograde shadow period for Venus will start. But relationships kind of started under a Venus retrograde don't have a great history of lasting the distance. 
because everybody will be undergoing this, reevaluating those sorts of things. So yeah, let's get used to Venus in the uh, house of Leo for a while. Yeah, I like the fact that it's a benefic. Yeah, it's always good. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to have a planet retrograding in one house, let it be a benefic. Yeah, and I mean, Venus comes back, I think, to a very similar place every eight years. So, you know, if you think back eight years ago, what was happening, there might be some sort of callback to that sort of thing. I also believe Venus and Mars have some sort of weird relationship where they do something, but I, I can't remember exactly what that is. I need to look that up. But yeah, Venus does retrograde about the same place every uh, eight years. And it's got a really interesting, um, what would you call it? If you look at it. Pattern. Yes, it, the retrograde pattern over the five years. It's really quite pretty. We should maybe do um, an episode on Venus retrograde. Could yeah, interesting. that would be great. Mm. Venus only retrograde. I'll, I'll look into my, my past of what's what's been going on during those retrogrades. Yeah, well, looking back at eight-year periods would be really interesting too. Venus is really interesting. Retrograde for about 40 days. A lot of interesting myths about that. I think we could totally do an episode about that. Yeah. Yeah, Venus is, is she's got a lot, a lot going for her. I mean, she's, she's well right now she's prominent in the sky she's just with the moon mm. yes yes today like not on this chart but today mm, mm, yeah <laughs> yeah no she's very bright out there currently it's like you look out and like yep there's venus so yeah yeah there's a lot to be said about her for sure yeah and uh she'll be going under the beams soonish when when does it go when is the retrograde period not until july because that sun will come along and get close once it gets too close to the sun it gets uh swallowed up can't see it and then the next aspect we have is venus is opposing pluto and this mm. is it's just indicative of 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 manipulation it as well as um, signifies intense relationships or a relationship that intensifies. Mm, mm. Yeah, I often see this as kind of jealousy, possessiveness, you know, all those kind of darker themes of relationships, right. you know, obsession, which, you know, can be particularly if you kind of, that can be very alluring, but, you know, it, it depends you know, as long as it stays within your realm of acceptable. Once it kind of gets beyond that, it's kind of like, yeah, no. So, yeah. Yeah, we're not doing this. Mm, yeah, depth, honesty, transformation. It's interesting that not long after this, Pluto is going to duck back into Capricorn. Venus is going to, you know, she's kind of entered the sign where she's going to retrograde. So, you know, there's going to be a reevaluation. I'm just kind of thinking, particularly, you know, if you start a relationship at this time, even though it's outside, even the shadow period of retrograde, it could be intense. And, you know, that's that can be fantastic, but damn, that can be exhausting. And then, you know, you've got this whole retrograde period 
where both of you are kind of, you know, reevaluating and yeah. And then we've got Mars. It's not super close to that Venus, but yeah, it's this could be very interesting day. I mean, Jupiter's four degrees Taurus, it's squaring it. It's not super close, but you know, there's still we're not beyond all those tensions. It's just like we swapped out Mars for Venus, really. Uh, you know, Jupiter is still there. It is four degrees away, but still close. But I think I'd rather deal with uh, <laughs> that uh, Venus squared Jupiter than uh, Mars squared Jupiter. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it just could be tense. Intense. Uh yeah it could be but and but you know with the with the aspect with pluto you know be careful of getting into situation situations where you can be manipulated mm -hmm. or yeah. overpowered mm -hmm. um as well as uh power struggles mm. this is in business fun. i mean mm. it's all that energy this is depth and honesty and transformation yeah, you know, because, I mean, even opening yourself up and being vulnerable can feel very scary for a lot of people. So, you know, and a lot of people don't like intensity. Even, a lot of people feel uncomfortable with it. Yeah, even if this is kind of something you see come along and you're like, well, yeah, this is good. You know, your partner or partners may not enjoy that as much and may get a lot of kickback for it. So... You know, whenever these planets, um, so Venus is going to move into a new sign on June 5th. So, you know, be sure to journal because what these transits do, if you can, if you can figure out, and the reason I say journal, it's either that you can either journal by writing or journal by taking pictures, but whatever you're doing, you can always go back to that and go, what was I doing back then? What did this mean? And, and it, and it, it clearly shows you what these transits and how they how they manifest in your life and if they tend to typically always go good then they're typically going to always go good if they typically go you know south on you then you know you know to shore up your support you know and 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 know that this is going to be a rough transit i mean even though people don't typically always have a headache, but you know, when you do, you, you, you go for the, you know, the, the aspirin, the, the breath of fresh air, whatever it does, you know, a nap, whatever it does to, to get rid of the headache. So you just know what you need to, to have in your arsenal behind you when these challenging things happen. So mm, yeah, kind of be aware of them. Mm. You can overcome them. Yeah, though, I mean, last time Venus was in uh, Leo, we wouldn't have Pluto opposite either. <laughs> but, yeah. This yeah. would be a little bit more intense than that. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Pluto's going to move backwards. Oh, I was going to say, that was a really interesting idea, saying looking back at photos, because not everybody journals or not everybody's consistent at that, but like a lot of people take photos. And yeah, that's that's a really interesting concept. I like it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We yeah. It, it's 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 amazing on that might be on part of that 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 um Leo Venus thing. I don't know where Venus was at the time, but it was it was 
it was a really amazing. I was really shocked when I, you know, we had um, made a move. And when I went back in my pictures and my photos, mm. we were, we were in the area and we're like, let's check that place, you know, that place out. And I was like, no, I don't really want to check the whole, you know, I don't want to spend the time to check that place out. Sure enough, we moved there that following uh full moon it was I, I was i was really shocked i was just shocked <laughs> that things actually do if you and it was just a piece i had just taken a picture like this is where we are and then six months later we were moved there it was it was and, and at the time six months i wasn't that um committed to this place where i i didn't even really want to go up to the place mm -hmm. i was just kind of in the area yeah, it was it was it was shocking to me. That it, it actually does work. Yeah, astrology yeah. actually does work. That's no, amazing. Sometimes so, yeah. it is. It really is. Mm. No, I really like that. And I found that out through photos. Mm. It's like where mm. where 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 was I when you know that was a full moon or a new moon? Mm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, so. And however you journal, or you could paint it for, you know, what you did. But it's good to journal so that you can go back and you go, that's where that came from. Or or if you've done something six months ago and then you're at that, you're at that full moon part and you're like, do I do this or do I do that? You're like, oh, wow, I was here six months ago wondering mm -hmm. the same exact question. I wonder if that's, you know, mm. a sign that I that this is probably something that I should be working on because I've been, I've been here before. Hmm. Well, I just like the idea that most fans will keep it, keep your photos, you know, documented what days and that it's just like, yeah, that's a really brilliant idea. I, I really like it. Man. The next aspect is Mercury sextile Uranus. Neptune. And this, yeah. Mercury sextile Neptune. Oh, Mercury sex. Sorry, Mercury sextile Neptune. And this is what it does. To and this you. is it confuses you. <laughs> yeah, see, they. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is this is um good for uh intuition. It's also good for, you know, communication in a, uh, a, a subliminal way. Great for creativity. It's a very dreamy aspect. Neptune can be very idealistic. It's very altruistic. It's very can be wildly romantic. It's creative. It's very foggy though. It's hard to see with uh, Neptune. This isn't the time to sit down and do your taxes, but it's a good time to daydream. It's a good time to you know just let your mind wander. For some people, it might really inspire you to be very charitable or spiritual or you know that sort of thing yeah but yeah nice creative vibe not good for strict logic though no and it's a sextile so it's it's a mild transit it's not going to be very very hard and impactful um but it will just make those kinds of things a little bit easier to attain that yeah, and Mercury's even pretty quickly at this time. So hmm. I'm just looking at that Mercury. It's sitting not far from Elgol. <laughs> so Elgol's a fixed star. It's like, don't lose your head. <laughs> so, yeah, 
Um, daydreaming is very nice, but uh, you know, if you're gonna act on these uh, daydreams or whatever, make sure your feet are planted on solid ground. Yeah, with a sextile to Neptune, I can see why you would say don't lose your head. Mm. Oh well, I mean it's on Elgar, it's degree off or something, but yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And then the next aspect we've all been waiting for is Pluto jumps back into Capricorn. It's trying to get us through a process of going past that hurdle, that that barrier of the line between Capricorn and Aquarius. And it's now back in, Aqu in Capricorn, where it's been for the last, what, 10, 12 years? Uh, I think it's about since 2000, since 2008, 2008, right? Yeah. It's a long so time. It, it's, yeah, there are it, the reason why we have the retrogrades is the planets are trying to get us to go back and readdress some things. And that's what Pluto is doing. And it must be saying that it wants those Capricorn-ish ideas, like the structure, the 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 politics of of countries are 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 built under the Capricorn because that's what it's the sign that kind of makes the rules and and puts the policies in place. And this might be time when countries are reevaluating their policies. If you've got planets at the late degrees of Capricorn, guess what? He's back. The outer planets do go over. They retrograde so slowly. They just move so slowly in general that when they do retrograde, you know, allowing a degree or two either side of the natal planet that they're retrograding over, you might get five hits. Whereas a normal retrograde, you will get three hits. So when the outers are retrograding either directly or through a square or an opposition, you really kind of get to feel the impact. People with earlier degrees of Capricorn, they've had those five or four hits to the natal planet. You're probably done. They might be wrapping up of um topics and that but if you've got natal planets at the late degrees of capricorn here he comes again just to make sure that you know nothing <laughs> i'm just thinking of like the you know when they salt the ground after they you know armies come through and they just destroy everything and then they salt the ground so you can't uh, <laughs> throw anything I, yeah <laughs> um, Pluto is supposed to be able to rebuild afterwards. It just feels like they've salted the ground. Pluto's going to retrograde back as far as about 27 degrees. It will be in Capricorn until the 20th of January when it moves into Aquarius again. Uh, it will stay there till the 1st of September 2024 when it retrogrades back into Capricorn again. And um, it doesn't leave Capricorn for like another 250 years until 19th of November, 2024. Aquarius. Well, that's when it will leave Capricorn and it will enter Aquarius in on the 19th of November, 2024. So if you've got late degrees of Capricorn, it's not going to leave Capricorn totally until the 19th of November, 2024. So, hmm. So yeah, late degree Capricorns, you know, he's coming back for another hit. So something is is needing to change in all of our charts. Not it happens with it, it's it's going to happen with everybody, and and every it, it's going to be more impactful for sure. If you like, Linda said, if you have late degree 
um, planets in, in any of the cardinal signs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we all have to change. Uh, mm. I just really wonder, I wonder what is the, what is, what is going to be the big thing that it, it wants everybody to change? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it will depend, you know, if you have planets at the late degrees of um, the cardinal signs or, you know, chart points like your ascendant or midheaven on a world stage, mundanely speaking, hard to say. As you say, maybe it will be governments and that. Yeah, you know, I think the direct pass over it is stronger than the opposition and the squares, but certainly the oppositions and the squares to this will also be feeling it. And even the trines and the sextiles. I've had a, a trine from Pluto, which, you know, certainly packed a punch, you know. But having said that, I've had it going over my ascendant. Actually, I'm not going to jinx myself, so I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> More rules to follow, I'm thinking, with this transit. New rules? N yeah, more rules. Hmm. I don't know why. I mean, I think of Capricorn as, as rules. The, the, hmm. the, the things that you have to follow, the policies that were made, the, that type of thing. Hmm. Well, I kind of agree with you, like on Capricorn, I see Capricorn as like the establishment and uh, Aquarius as beyond that. That's your revolutionaries, your guerrilla warfare, all that sort of stuff, your renegades. So, hmm. Yeah. Linda, you and I did a, um, a video on the Sibley chart on the houses. So if you're not mm. familiar with the houses, revisit that one. But the United States was going through a revolution when Pluto was in Capricorn. And then when it got into Aquarius is actually when we wrote, you know, the Bill of Rights and got all that established. So Interesting. It, it is it is indicative of um, establishing whatever that is. Phoenix from the flames. Stay strong, Capricorn ascendants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure they will. They're Capricorns. <laughs> yes. And then something a little bit nicer. Mercury trine Pluto on the 11th. Oh, okay. In degrees of uh, Taurus. Yeah. Both Earth signs. Hmm. This will be interesting. We've Something already tangible. The, um, we've already got the sun in uh, Gemini, and then we'll, we're going to have uh, Mercury moving into Gemini, so we're emptying out that Taurus house. So things might start actually moving, but before we do that, we've got Pluto and uh, Mercury together. So powerful thinking, uh, transformative thinking. Hmm. That Mercury has not long ago had its conjunction with Uranus, so that innovative thought, unusual thought, uh, revolutionary thought, aha moments, and now it's coming up and it's got that kind of power behind it or uh, that transformative energy. Yeah. I like this for um, learning something new. It, it, it just experienced uh, Uranus you know, close together. So with the Pluto and the Mercury, it's a good time to learn something new to maybe carry on of what you would help you, you know, advance whatever your goal is. Yeah, it could be, could be. 
that Mercury is soon to like go into Gemini where it is actually domicile with very powerful position. And I mean, it's only a minute out. And when we say a minute, we're talking an astrological minute, which doesn't equal a, a literal minute. So a world minute <laughs> does not equal 60 seconds. No, no. <laughs> well, does not equal 60 seconds in our time. Mm. Mm. so yes that happens is that just later that day yeah so has its trine at 6 12 a.m and then it moves into uh gemini what 15 minutes later so yeah wow mercury in gemini it's in its own sign here it's with the sun but it's not too close to the sun that it's going to suffer it can definitely be heard in Gemini because in, in Gemini, Mercury has all the tools that it it likes to use. It's got its favorite knives, hammers, screwdrivers, whatever it, it uses. It's It's got them all accessible. This is the sign that it rules. It's the sign that, that it's at home in. So it, 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 it functions. It doesn't function with a whole bunch of baggage. It functions as, as pure as it can in uh in its own sign so it definitely is you know i maybe a chance for any kind of communications if you wanted to start planning for communications this would be when gemini when, when mercury goes into gemini that's when it's going to be most effective so plan for that mm, yeah and uh... on june 11th because this whole day june 11th it has i don't know one two three four four planetary movements in just this one day so it's going to feel very busy yeah busy day on june 11th yeah whenever i have a kind of busy day and running around and doing this and communications i always think where is mercury what's it doing or what's happening to my mercury but uh yeah this is for what a better word it's the kind of masculine expression of mercury the feminine or yin or more receptive mercury's more feminine domicile would be virgo but yeah this is active it's young it's light on its feet i like it maybe more thinking and communications over the next three weeks or so with uh, topics associated with the house that has gemini in your natal chart it's very nice forward. i think it's a transit to look forward to what is our next retrograde not until august because uh, we're going to have that uh, superior conjunction, aren't we? Because Mercury's going to come up and pass that sun. So, yeah, it will probably, probably the first four or five days before it goes under the beams. So that would be good. Get those bright ideas started and before it kind of gets under the beams. Though it's in its own sign, so it's not going to suffer from being under the beams and combust as much. It's in its chariot. Very nice. I like this transit. Aha. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and here's our hangover aspect. Uh, Venus squares. Venus squares. <laughs> also on the 11th. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For those who, who think that it's been a huge day, when you sit down with that bottle of wine, share it with like three other people. 
because it's going to be a huge day. It's just, it's just, this is a, this is an aspect where overindulging is definitely a concern. If you go shopping, make sure you have a list in your hand before you even go. You know, you, you don't want to do the overindulgence. And, and this is a day where it could, it could, it could pop out. So if you know that ahead of time, don't buy the 12 cases of tomatoes thinking that you're going to can them because you could be overdoing it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I or not. I mean, but it's possible that you could be. Yeah. I kind of call it like the hangover because it's too much of a good thing. But, you know, it doesn't have to be um, drinking or whatever. It could be overeating. It could be overexerting yourself with it, anything, you know, whatever that Venus represents to you. And that Jupiter is just kind of like, yeah, we're really enjoying this. Let's keep going. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And yeah, it can be just tummy ache. Yeah, no, too much of a good thing. You know, you had a good time, but you may pay for it later. And then we get a break for about four days. Yeah. And then uh, Mercury squares Saturn. That's discipline thinking. That's studying. That, that, that screams homework to me. <laughs> yeah this is um kind of feeling limited restricted and thinking you know your thinking may be a little bit more pessimistic at this time you know mercury's in gemini it's just moved into the bounds of jupiter it's quite enthusiastic but maybe there's someone or something telling you hey you know you can't do that. You know, you've got to consider this, this, and this. There's laws, there's rules, there's all these things that you need to follow. And, yeah, that could be rather demoralizing, you know, a little bit yeah. somber. But if you have things, if you're around, um, you know, places that need changing, uh, this is a good day to look at those 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 things of the darker side that, you you normally don't focus on you know so that you can get things changed saturn's got the upper hand in this uh case it is in the superior position mercury's very strong though uh so that is helpful but yeah i think this is just you know just a little bit of a downer you know what you felt so enthusiastic about may just seem a little bit harder a little bit more red tape and all that stuff that you need to go through and it's just you know huh you know damn it's not going to be as easy as I thought or it's not going to be as smooth sailing but um you know you'll rebound don't worry Mercury's moving pretty quick 182 percent of its usual speed so you'll soon break away yes. from that pressing Saturn quickly <laughs> and speaking of which this is much nicer <laughs> Oh, heck yes. How many days later is this? Two days later? Yeah, two days later. Oh, yeah, two days later. Two days later, um, we have Mercury sextiling Venus, which is much nicer. It's already moved almost, yeah, three and a half degrees, three and a half degrees, yeah, over three and a half degrees away from Saturn. It said, see you later. And uh, yeah, now it's sweet talking, sweet talking Venus. <laughs> It is. It is. If you are, if you are in a relationship, um, this is a good time or, and you, and you haven't expressed those I love yous yet. This might be the day that you hear them. 
this is you want to the Venus is that um you know that 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 social planet and Mercury is that communication and Venus signifies the beauty in your life the love in your life the social aspects of your life and with Mercury communicating this might be a very good day to hear those nicer words and uh, Venus and Leo she does like to hear those nice words so yeah this is nice it'd be nice for a party or catching up with people yeah it's just nice Saturn is stationing retrograde Oh, I forgot to put that in. Huh. Uh, the sixth, the seventeenth. Fancy me forgetting about Saturn. <laughs> ah, so Saturn's going to station. See, I don't think I have the dates. Is it going to go back into? No, it's going to stay in Pisces, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to go back all the way to zero degrees of Pisces, but it won't go back into Aquarius. So yes. Wherever Pisces is in your chart, you may be feeling limited, restricted, having to review Saturnian matters, your limitations, restrictions. could be a good opportunity to go back and make sure that those things are shored up, that they're built on solid ground. But how long is Saturn? All those people who have Saturn natally in uh, Aquarius can take a, a, a breather, a, a sigh of relief. It's staying in Pisces and Saturn is not going to move out into another sign like Pluto is going to. Mm. It's going to stay in Pisces. It's 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 hovering right over Fomalhaut. So that's nice. You got to like that. It's it's one of the Fomalhaut is one of the original four uh, royal stars, right? Yeah. Is that what they call them? Royal stars. Um, yeah. So hopefully it's not going to be too bad of a of a retrograde. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really notice Saturn retrogrades. I think it's one of those things too. If you um, if it's happening over a natal planet or chart point, you probably feel it more. I agree. I don't really notice the. I don't notice the Saturn retrogrades like I know, like we all notice the Mercury retrogrades and yeah. Saturn. It, it 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 can go back and forth and it really doesn't well it's so restrictive anyways it just is readdressing those things uh that you were going over at this part of your chart yeah i think that comes down to a little bit too with sect i mean you're a day chart and you've got a strong satin so i don't think you feel it as i i definitely feel restricted by it i know even going just through houses but I'd have to go back and have a look and see what was happening at different times with Saturn retrograde. But but yeah, I, I do experience it as restrictive. <laughs> well, it, it is. It's it's meant to be restrictive. Saturn, you know, mm. Saturn restricts, Jupiter expands, mm. we grow with all that. You know, you got to pull back, get rid of things to... Mm. make room for other stuff so this might be a transformative time especially with pluto yeah you know hanging around and straddling both uh both saturn signs Thanks. even though saturn is not in a saturn sign pluto is mm. Mm. and then the new moon on the 18th oh very early hours over there so the 17th for a lot of the states and um, the 18th for the East Coast and uh, other places ahead of it. Oh, and then we are halfway through the year already. Oh, God. I know. 
God, where did it go? A lot has gone on. Yeah, so this new moon has its ruler with it because uh, Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Mercury is with the sun and the moon and it won't be quite under the beams at that stage. No, seems like a very talkative uh, new conversations are going to start. Hmm. Very cool. We're on because that's Father's Day here. Oh, nice. Yeah, we do our Father's Day in September. We have the same Mother's Day as you, but different Father's Day. It's different. It's weird. It is weird. <laughs> Not weird. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. I mean, if you don't have differences, then, you know, mm. we'd be bored with each other. Jupiter can't see the new moon, which is a shame. But Venus can. And Venus will be um, sextiling that uh, ruler. Or coming up to six. Oh, no. Actually, uh, Mercury will have passed that. We had that sweet talking aspect earlier. Yeah. But they'll still be within degree. Where's Mars? Oh, Mars is up there too. So Mercury's coming up to sextile Mars. Interesting. Oh. It will be interesting anyway. So, Donna. What are you up to and uh, where can people find you? I am, uh, I do natal readings. I do electional readings, horary, as well as I work with crystal layouts. So um, I, I do crystal um, energy healing. Mm -hmm. And Linda, what do you do and where can people get a hold of you? Uh, I do natal readings, relationship readings, and uh, year ahead readings. And I'm at Scullywag Astrology. That's astrology.scullywag.com. And yeah. So thank Very you nice. for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your comments and your likes and subscribing and sharing. And if you're listening on podcast, please consider rating us. That would be really nice. It helps us get uh, to a wider audience. And we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So Thank I you. Hope the full moon is very, very nice for you. Ciao.